Defense contractors should pay close attention to a couple of days-old developments. First, a long-needed update to the rule concerning payments to contractors who can't get into DOD facilities because of the coronavirus. Second, how the Pentagon spent its pandemic stimulus money. That's about to come into the crosshairs of the Defense Inspector General. For commentary, we turn to the Executive Vice President and Counsel at the Professional Services Council, Alan Chavotkin. Alan, good to have you back. And I guess this idea of the 3610 payments is really something that's been festering because the government is not moving toward getting people back into the offices. Well, there's a couple of different elements to this, Tom, that's important to keep in mind. First of all, 3610 is government-wide, available to all federal agencies. And yes, getting people back into the office is one element of it. The other is to give contractor employees and federal employees options to continue to do work, even though it's not at a physical location. Now, many of the contractors uh, have been able to telework and therefore wouldn't be subject to the 3610 reimbursement. Uh, I think the number of uh, eligible employees is dwindling, but we're nowhere close to zero just yet. And you're right, it has taken a long time to, to get to this point. CARES Act was enacted in uh, March 27th of this year. Uh, Congress was uh, gracious and did the right thing by extending it out to December 11th through the enactment of the continuing resolution. And so it's uh, we're pleased to see uh, the Department of Defense uh, moving forward with updating its important uh, class deviations to bring them current with the change uh, in the law. Regrettably, uh, we haven't seen that same action from other federal agencies who are affected. So the meaning of this, then, is that people can expect to get compensation even if they are not able to work in government offices or work remotely? That's right. Uh, For a small subset of contractor employees who are required to be maintained in what is called a quote-unquote ready state, that is ready to come back to work but not yet able to come back to work, and not able to telework or uh, engage in other activities um, on the contract, uh, this provides for a lot for those companies to be able to retain them on the on the payroll, and that's critical. So many of these require security clearances or other access issues that are can't get if you le- uh, drop them off the payroll. Uh, so th- this extends the eligibility. We still haven't seen broad reimbursement uh, for. Um, those hours worked and those dollars expended by companies to keep those employees on the payroll. Uh, That's the next phase of our advocacy work. And turning to the issue of the Defense Inspector General looking at the spending of the by the Pentagon of its pandemic relief money. That's going to be interesting because there are items that they bought, weapons systems, that were authorized in the law. And so what might be lawful may not look so good to the public, but they're also going to look at what might have been mistakes under the current law. That's their plan. Uh, in their public announcement last week, uh, they noted that um, they're going to be taking a look at the funding that's been made available to increase the defense industrial base manufacturing capacity in accordance with uh, both the CARES Act uh, that was enacted, we just mentioned, uh, on March 27th, as well as uh, Defense Production Act authorities and other regulations. So this was uh, fully expected. Uh, the billions of dollars made available to the Department of Defense and to companies through the uh, CARES Act. Uh, and as you said, there may be a little bit of misinformation by the public. Uh, I'm hopeful that uh, over the next couple of months, uh, the Inspector General, the Inspector General of the Department of Defense, will be able to uh, 
uh, clarify uh, what's been uh, used appropriately and where some questions still remain. But in the meantime, the IG has only said that uh, has only told defense agencies to appoint someone to deal with the IG. The big paperwork push is yet to come. Well, that's right, and this is part of their normal process. Of sort of a, a give me the names of your point of contact. Uh, here's what we're doing, uh, and over the next couple of months, they'll um, do the outreach, start collecting records, uh, start interviewing people uh, within the Department of Defense. Uh, and then uh, start looking at uh, what kind of contractor records we want. We're not going to see an answer, uh, a DOD IG report on this, till well into the next calendar year. Uh, but it's helpful to have them out looking. Uh, I think that'll provide some important uh, clarification around some misinformation that's been out there. We're speaking with Alan Javotkin, Executive Vice President and Counsel at the Professional Services Council. And there's also an update on the Mentor-Protégé program from the Small Business Administration. What's going on there? Well, this is a, a, actually a good thing for government for and for the contractor community. Uh, last week, on October 16th, SBA published a final rule to consolidate all of the, uh, the Mentor-Protégé programs. SBA has managed several of them over the past couple of years, including starting with the program for the 8A companies, then uh, Congress told them to add additional mentor-protege programs uh, for uh, hub-zone companies and women-owned businesses, and then said um, do it all government-wide. So o- over time, we've just had a proliferation of uh, mentor-protege programs. The, prog- the underlying purpose of these mentor-protege programs is to provide assistance, particularly to smaller companies, to help them expand their capabilities to bid on and win business in the federal marketplace and ultimately perform. So there's some rules and regulations around that. Uh, But the proliferation has caused confusion in the government, and it's caused confusion among companies. So uh, this final rule, although a long time in the making, uh, now consolidates all of them and says we're going to have one government-wide mentor-protege program, one consistent set of rules, and uh, one mechanism to to identify and hold accountable both mentors and protégés for uh, providing the assistance. That's a good news story for the government, and it should minimize any confusion by contracting officers of how to pigeonhole work or activities around any one of these. And it's a good news story for for contractors as well. Those companies that want to assist and be mentors will now have a single set of rules, whether you're working at the Department of Homeland Security or the General Services Administration or the Agency for International Development, uh, and it'll help protégés who want to compete not only in a single agency but across multiple agencies. I'm pleased to see it. I think overwhelmingly the changes that SBA has adopted in this final rule make sense, uh, and I, I think it's a good news story that everybody ought to be looking at. And does this program also apply to companies that are so-called innovative, that may have never done business with the government, the types that so many agencies say that they're trying to get into federal contracting? Absolutely so. Uh, so a, a company can be a mentor uh, with a little government experience or a lot. Uh, a company can be a protege with a little bit of government experience or a lot. Uh, again, it's primarily aimed at helping the smaller companies uh, increase their capabilities to compete in the marketplace. 
Um, and so, and that's where most of the innovation is coming from, anyway, from the smaller companies. Uh, but a, a large company who's uh, has got some ideas on how to compete in the government marketplace uh, can certainly be a mentor to a, a company, a smaller business who's already in the marketplace. So it can work multiple ways. Alan Chabot is Executive Vice President and Counsel at the Professional Services Council. Thanks so much. Always a pleasure, Tom. We'll post this interview along with a link to the IG letter at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit LiveXLive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.